الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم ان الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخرين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدعاء مخ العباده او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected brothers and sisters and students of deen last week we had commenced one topic and we meant to continue today but something else is in front today inshallah we will continue with that at some other time whatever allah taala wills that we should benefit from inshallah this is something that we will try our utmost to take the benefit from so the issue is to try and keep improving the issue is to try and keep learning and whatever lesson may be there whether it is something new whether it is the same lesson being repeated this is all for our benefit So today the subject that we have is the subject of dua. In the Quran Sharif Allah Taala says that ud'uni astajib lakum make dua unto me I will answer your dua. And in the hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says ad-du'a'u mukhul ibada. The dua is the essence is the cream of the ibadat. One is the milk from the milk you take out the cream so that is the message that is being given regarding dua that dua is the essence of ibadat if one considers that our entire purpose in life is the ibadat of allah taala ama khalaqtul jinna wal insa illa liya'budun allah taala says i have not created man and jinn illa liya'budun but solely for my ibadat they must worship me This is the purpose of their creation. This is the object. And all the various ibadat is included in this, whether it is salah, that to is ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, that is a primary ibadat, zakat, fasting, hajj, and then all the other various forms of ibadat that we have. This is all part of this ibadat. Yet, when it comes to dua, Nabi Islam says, this is mukhul ibadah. that this is the very essence of ibadat if you think about it that in salah the very first thing in salah that is necessary and in every rakat we recite this is suratul fatiha and what is suratul fatiha suratul fatiha is completely a dua with the adab of dua that we have been taught in there first is alhamdulillahirabbil alamin arrahmanir rahim maliki yawmiddin the praises of allah tbaraka wa taala and then showing our weakness our servitude our being totally the slaves of allah taala iyyaka na'bud ya allah you alone do we worship wa iyyaka nasta'in ya allah you alone do we seek help from and then dua ihdinas siratal mustaqim this is the biggest dua that we have to make every day and therefore this has been included in every salah the salah won't be complete if we don't perform the surah, recite the suratul fatiha 
And in the Surah Al-Fatiha, this dua is there. So every day, every rakat that we recite of every salah, we are reading Surah Al-Fatiha and we are making this dua, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ Allah guide us to the straight path. This is the biggest dua that we have to make, which is necessary upon us to make. And Allah Ta'ala included it in the salah for us. But what we learn from here is that the salah, one very integral part of that salah is dua. And unfortunately we don't ask. We just recite it and carry on. But we should be asking. So the salah also is a very essential part of it is this dua. The greatest dua, Surah Al-Fatiha. Then if one, for example, takes fasting, then it's a very great amal. Allah Ta'ala says that I myself am the reward of the for the fasting person. But one very special thing about that fasting is that at the time of iftar, it is a time of acceptance of dua. Now that dua came in fasting as well. The dua, make dua, engage yourself in dua. Unfortunately in the month of Ramadan also, when the time of iftar is approaching, we are also busy with other things in getting ready for iftar and all the delicacies that we forget that this is a time for dua. That the last 15-20 minutes at least should be totally dedicated to dua. Everything else should stop, everything should be finished off beforehand. That is the least. Then for example, take hajj. What an ibadat. Person who performs hajj comes back cleaned out from sins like the day he was born. But then consider about the aspects of hajj. It's tawaf. That tawaf is filled with dua. It's sa'i. That entire sa'i is filled with dua. On safa, marwa, dua upon dua. Nabi Islam would stand for lengthy periods of time at safa, at marwa, making dua. Then it is mina. In mina was also dua. Arafat, Arafat, Nabi Islam spent the whole afternoon from Zuhar up to Maghrib. Zuhar and Asar were performed together. And then up to sunset. Maghrib was then performed in Muzdalifa. But up to sunset was dua. The estimate is over some five hours were spent in dua. In Arafat, that is the, the thing to do in Arafat. Though the person being present in Arafat itself is the necessary issue. It's the farz. But in Arafat, the person has come. What does he do there? What did Nabi Islam do? Nabi Islam made dua upon dua. And then Muzdalifa, Nabi Islam spent the night in dua again. And then on all the occasions, dua. So, namaz is also dua. Fasting also, there's an element of dua in it. And a very crucial part of the fast, bring your mind to dua now. Hajj, right across the hajj is dua. And on so many occasions, a person has recited Quran Sharif, duas are accepted after the recitation of Quran Sharif. The person has done some righteous action, solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So by means of that, he makes dua. By presenting that righteous actions, that a person makes the righteous actions as an intermediary for dua that makes the dua accepted. So again it came back to dua. So this is how essential this dua is in our life, that everything is coming back to dua. But unfortunately, we don't give it the type of importance that is due to it. Sometimes, we don't even make any dua. We don't make any dua. Even after namaz too, we raise our hands. We just rattle some things off without even thinking what we are saying. And then we slap our hands on our faces. And that's the end of our so-called dua. 
we haven't made any dua. We've recited some things. Inshallah, we'll get some sawab for reciting something. But we haven't made any dua. We recite the Surah Al-Fatiha. So the recitation is necessary. But in the process, if we concentrated on what we are reciting, we would have also included dua in it. But we just recited it and carried on. And then, on some occasions, sometimes, maybe there was a program, some dua was being made. So, our mind is somewhere, our heart is somewhere, and our ears are somewhere on the dua, but our mind and heart is somewhere else. So that too, we didn't make any dua yet. Whereas what is necessary is that we daily make dua. We beg of Allah Ta'ala. And we become total beggars. And the more we beg from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, the more Allah Ta'ala gets pleased with us, and the more Allah Ta'ala's mercies descend upon us. The difference between the makhluk, between the creation, and the dif- and Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala is that the makhluk, the creation, you go ask somebody one time, then if that person is a good friend, person will give it. Then you ask the person the second time, the person will give it. Then the third time, the person is going to be a little bit hesitant now that, you know what, how often now? The fourth time, then the person might even make some comment that uh, my father told me I mustn't spend too much. My mother told me I, you know, I must come back with all this home. Or whatever, some comment. And the fifth time, the person will be now, as soon as the person sees us coming, He'll be thinking, I hope this person doesn't ask something else now. And if he asks that fifth time also, the sixth time, while that person is coming, this person will be taking a U-turn. While they see us coming, they'll be taking a U-turn. And we're talking about others will take a U-turn, we'll do the same also. We might take a very fast 360 or 180 degree U-turn and we'll be gone. Because makhluk, this is it. We can take it up to a point. And when a person keeps asking makhluk, they get upset with him, they get angry with him. Whereas Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala is such that the more a person asks Allah ta'ala, the more Allah ta'ala gets pleased with him. And when a person does not ask Allah ta'ala, يَغْضَبْ عَلَيْهِ The one who does not ask Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala becomes displeased with him. So the issue is to start asking Allah alone, begging from Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala alone. Allah ta'ala is the doer. And Allah ta'ala is the owner of everything. Allah Ta'ala has full power of everything. Allah Ta'ala is Ash-Shafi. He gives cure. Allah Ta'ala is Ar-Raziq. He gives sustenance. Allah Ta'ala is Al-Mu'izz. He gives Izzat. Allah Ta'ala has everything in His control. So the more a person will make dua, the more the person will be turning to Allah Ta'ala, this will increase one's ta'aluk and connection with His Rabb. And it will also bring us, our needs will get fulfilled. It will bring us what we want. So the dua is a very integral part of a mu'min's life. We have to start giving special attention to dua. And the more we will pay attention to dua, we'll find that this will develop this ta'aluk, this connection with Allah Ta'ala. One is that dua we make in a formal manner, that a person now has wuzu, the person is facing the qibla, the person had the opportunity, even made two rakat salatul haja. Then dua at special times, for example, dua at the time of tahajjud, this is an extremely effective dua. And now with wuzu facing the qibla after tahajjud salah, 
The person is making dua, excellent. This is the ideal time. People have problems, people have difficulties, somebody has some worries and anxieties, somebody has some illnesses, somebody has some financial problem, somebody has some domestic problem. And often we are looking for some tawis and we're looking for various other things. Anything permissible within the limits of Sharia is all in its place. But the biggest tawis, the biggest tawis was ta'inu bi sabri was salah. Allah Ta'ala says, seek assistance. We want assistance, we want help. So Allah Ta'ala is giving us the prescription. Seek assistance bi sabri was salah. With sabr and salah. Make sabr first. That don't say anything out of turn. Don't say anything that will bring the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. And don't react in a way that is not correct. That is the first dictates of that sabr. Now for example, somebody did something to us. Somebody abused us. Somebody said something. The first dictates of that sabr is that we don't react in an incorrect way. Somebody said something, we don't say two things. Somebody used some vulgar words on us, we don't use vulgar words on them then. And exceed the bounds. So the first dictates of that sabr is that we react correctly. And now there's a problem now. Somebody has done something, somebody has said something. How do we go about resolving this problem? The first step thereafter is was salah. Make two rakaz namaz. Ask Allah Ta'ala. So this is the biggest taweez. A person has some problem, some person, some domestic issue, somebody has got some other issue. And the person wants some taweez, everything, the quick fix is taweez. And if the taweez is expensive, then it is a bigger quick fix. Whereas sometimes it's all fraudulent. There are those who are genuine, there are those who are honest, there are those who are truly authentic people, and there are the frauds. So in any case, this somehow becomes a main solution to everything. And what Allah Ta'ala has given us as a direct solution, that we forget about. Now the person comes, the person wants a tawis. So if the person is told, okay, the ta- you know, f- make sabr and perform salah and make dua, the person okay, I'll do that, but what about the tawis? Where's the tawis? Tawis is the main thing. So tawis, if it is within the permissible limits, then it's fine. It's within permissible limits, there isn't any wrong belief regarding it. It's not regarded as something that's a quick fix and must happen. The tawis will solve everything. It's an ilaj. If there's nothing wrong written in there, it wasn't acquired in a wrong way, and there's no wrong belief pertaining to it, then it is ilaj, it is treatment. Allah Ta'ala wills with His permission, by means of that, Allah Ta'ala will grant ilaj, shifa, Allah Ta'ala will grant the resolution to the problem. Otherwise, it's like any other means. But, now the person makes it the main thing, this is it. Whereas the biggest thing is, Allah Ta'ala is saying, sabr and salah. And after that salah, dua. So at the time of tahajjud, the person woke up and made dua at that time. Then in the hadith it comes al azanain between the azan and the iqama. That is the time also when du'as are accepted. After the first salah, Nabi Islam was asked, Ayyud du'ai asma, which du'a is the one that is most effective? So Nabi Islam said, Jawful Laylil Akhir in the in the deep part of the night, the last part of the night, and Dubur as-salawatil maktubat after the first salah. The time and du'as are accepted. So all these are the formal occasions of du'a. So this too we should try. 
our utmost, as best as we can. We make dua on these occasions also. But together with that, dua is not something restricted for these moments. This too should carry on and must carry on. But over and above that, dua directly from the heart, communicating with Allah wa ta'ala. This is dua as well. And this is something so simple. The person, for example now, student is studying in madrasa, so we're coming to madrasa now. So on the way we could be thinking of another 110 things, which are futile sometimes, and Allah forbid sometimes haram. Instead of that, we engage our heart in dua. We don't even have our hands raised to maybe. But our heart is engaged in dua. And at that time we are making dua, Ya Allah, make my day go easy for me. Enable me to understand the lesson. Enable me to practice on what I've learned. Enable me to pass on the message to others. Ya Allah, with your help alone can I do it. Without your help I can get nothing done. Ya Allah, you make it easy for me. I've come to this place to learn how to become a good Muslimah. Ya Allah, you make that happen for me. Ya Allah, you grant me the nur of ilm. Now in the heart, this talk is carrying on, this communication is carrying on with Allah wa ta'ala. And this is dua. And this dua is now so silent, nobody else knows also what's going on. So there's no riya involved in it also. One is a person is in a program or something, and others are also emotional, so now we also make ourselves emotional. So Allah knows best what our intention sometimes is. Not that we should pass judgment on anybody else, we should look at our own in situation. So sometimes it is genuine, sometimes it is all something else also. But in this, a person is talking directly to Allah Ta'ala, from the depth of the heart. Now a person is at home, there's a situation at home, whatever has happened, something has happened, something has happened between spouses. Now immediately the heart is turned to dua. Ya Allah, you are the one that can resolve the situation. I have nothing that I can do. You are the one that has everything in your power. Ya Allah, you ease the situation. You remove the difficulty. At that moment, directly from the heart, we read Durul Sharif in the heart also. And then carried on with dua. We're asking in our own words, in our feeble way, humble way, with our own words, we're asking Allah Ta'ala directly. Now this is dua, and this is a part of dua, and this is something which is developing one's contact with Allah Ta'ala. Many a times a person just wants to pour out something. We're looking for somebody to talk to because we want to pour out our griefs. We want to pour out our worries and sorrows. We want to tell somebody something and we say, well, I got it off my chest. And I felt a bit lighter because now I spoke it to somebody. And many a times people phone and for 15, 20 minutes they may speak something. Sometimes half an hour they will speak something. Sometimes 45 minutes they'll speak something. Now they spoke, they phoned because they wanted some advice about a problem. But out of that 45 minutes, out of that half an hour, out of the 20 minutes, 90% of that time was taken where the person was just pouring out the problem. The person just wanted to share the grief with somebody. What advice was required was actually in the last 2 minutes, 3 minutes, 5 minutes maximum. That was discussed in the last 3-4 minutes, 5 minutes. But the rest of it, sometimes one just has to listen to give a person the opportunity to pour out something. Now let us learn to pour out our things with Allah Ta'ala. Yaqub when Yusuf was taken away and thrown in the well and the brothers came and gave some story that no, the wolf ate him up and so on. Innama ashku bathi wa huzni ilallah. Later on, when the other brothers also got left in Egypt, 
Yaqub repeated this. All he said was, Innama ashku basi wa huzni ilallah. My complaint, I will lay with Allah Ta'ala alone. I will pour my grief out in front of Allah Ta'ala alone. When we will learn to start communicating with Allah Ta'ala, when we will learn to start talking to Allah Ta'ala via dua, we talk to Allah Ta'ala via dua from the depth of our heart, it's between us and our Creator. No third person even knows sometimes. The person is just standing and walking somewhere or sitting somewhere. And the person's heart is engaged in dua at that time. So nobody else knows also. The person is just sitting. Nobody else seems to will know what's going on. But we are in direct communication with our Rabb. And now when we have learned to talk to Allah Ta'ala and communicate with our Rabb and pour out our heart to our Rabb, then we won't be looking for somebody else to pour out our things. Yes, we'll take that five-minute advice from somebody by all means. That mashwara that is required, we'll take. We will inquire about what should be done. Do I do this or do I do that? But we will not be in a state of, in a situation where till we don't find somebody else to pour out our grief to, we will be in a state of complete uh, bewilderment. We are totally lost, don't know which way to turn, and feeling completely desperate and despondent. Nothing of this nature will happen. Then the person will feel light. My Allah knows, I have spoken to my Rabb. I have passed it on to my Rabb. My Rabb knows. He will take care of my needs. He will solve my problems. Then whatever mashura is required, whatever advice is needed from somebody, we will take the advice as well. So dua, we have to start learning to make dua. And make excessive dua. And dua upon dua. In the hadith it is mentioned regarding Rasulullah wasallam that Allah's Nabi wasallam also was once affected with some black magic. Somebody had done Labid bin Asam or somebody, he had done some black magic. Jadu. Allah's Nabi Islam was affected. He was a human being. So he also got affected in Surah Falak and Surah Nas. The tafsir of these surahs, these details are included in there. In any case, Nabi Islam, this had quite a, an effect on him. And it is mentioned that he made dua, wa da'a, da'a, wa da'a. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned, he made dua and he made dua. This is not meant to say that he made dua two times. Because the word is mentioned two times. As we will say that he made dua upon dua. In other words, he continued making dua and he made dua. This was the ilaj. This brought the answer. So Allah's Nabi Wasallam, And this has happened. And he is getting the ilaj in which way? By dua. And he made dua upon dua. We make dua for one minute, two minutes, and we tired already. Allah's Nabi Wasallam, How much of dua he might have made? That the Ravi, the narrator is been, uh, explaining it in this way. That what da'a, what da'a. So Allah's Nabi is making so much dua. How much we should be making? If you look at the life of Nabi Islam I'm filled with dua. It is the occasion of Badr. That time, that battle which Allah Ta'ala speaks about it and says, Yawm al-Furqan. It was the day when Haq and Batil were separated. Haq was distinguished from Batil. Batil was made clear cut, this is batil, this is haq, follow the haq, leave the batil aside, these people are of batil. On that occasion, Nabi Wasallam, how is he spending the night before the battle? In dua. The lesson is that the work of deen, in whichever capacity, a person is doing something of deen, there is a very integral element of dua that should be in it. No day should go without earnest dua. 
especially those involved in any type of khidmat of deen, that, that a very major component of that khidmat of deen is dua. Now for example, we are learning deen, we are teaching deen. Our day cannot go without dua. For the, what we are learning to be learned correctly, to be absorbed correctly, to be understood correctly, for us to get the topic of practicing on it, to pass it on to others, for teaching deen correctly, to be able to teach with the akhlaq of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to be able to teach with the correct manner that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught, to be able to pass on the true values that Allah's Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught, to be able to pass on that ilm with ruhaniyat, to be given the tawfiq of making amal on what we are teaching, and all the other related things, to be Allah Ta'ala to make it easy for us to pass on that knowledge, and whatever other details go along with it. So, and then, whatever khidmat, somebody is involved in some other line of khidmat, of deen, whether it is in the field of da'wat and tabligh, whether it is in the field of writing, whether it is in the field of social field, whether whatever field of deen it is. But all this, an integral part of it is dua. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this was his daily thing, dua and dua. And then this dua is such a thing that it is an ilaj for so many things. There are major maladies of the heart. And these have to be rectified, otherwise these are cancers within us. And we don't remove these cancers, this, this will then erupt somewhere. Someday it will erupt very badly. One of the ways, very effective ways of treating these cancers is with dua. For example, a person who is constantly making dua. Before some act, the person is making dua. Ya Allah, I need to do this work. Only you can make it easy for me. Only you can make it happen. Whether it is some dini work, whether it is our business, whether it is some work in the home, whether it is the person cooking something, Ya Allah, you alone can make this be done correctly. Now the person is making a lot of dua before it, before the task. Ya Allah, I need to teach this lesson. Only you can make me teach it correctly. You can make me teach it properly. Ya Allah, I need to help this person with something. Only you can enable me to help the person. So everything that we are doing, we first making dua. And as I said, one is the formal dua. That too should be done. Some time daily should be de- dedicated. Many a times people spend eight hours a day working, toiling, sweating in order to earn their rizq. So eight hours a day of physical effort, of toiling, of sweating it out. Do we make dua for eight minutes also? For halal rizq. For rizq to come with afiyat. For rizq to come with barakat. Eight hours we spend, sometimes ten hours we spending in physical effort. But eight minutes or ten minutes for dua, that is too much. Two minutes for dua also is too much. So now we're talking about that a person now, whatever task it is, person is first making dua. And not only... One is the formal dua from the heart, directly communicating Allah Ta'ala, asking Allah Ta'ala, begging Allah Ta'ala. Now the person who's begging in this way, the task now was achieved, was accomplished. That work was done, it was done very well. Now where does the heart go to? I made dua, Allah Ta'ala made it easy. Allah Ta'ala answered my dua. Now the heart will be filled with shukr rather than becoming proud. When the person just did it, Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Allah Ta'ala made it get done correctly, get done well. 
But the person didn't turn to Allah Ta'ala before that, didn't ask Allah Ta'ala. So now, when that task got accomplished well, with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, instead of now making shukar, the person is proud. person is saying, so how I made it work? So what a, I explained it in a way, nobody can do it like me. And see how this, I did this so well, nobody else can do it like me. I cooked this, came out perfect, nobody else can do it like me. Now instead of making shukar, the person went into takabbur. And the person now is giving further, uh, giving further nourishment to this evil and growing this takabbur within oneself. Whereas the person who made dua, now the person felt humbled. Ya Allah, I'm so undeserving, such a weak servant of yours, so sinful, and my feeble dua. And Ya Allah, you answered my dua, and you answered it in such a way, you made this, get take, uh, made this take place so beautifully. Ya Allah, how can I be thankful enough to you? La uhsi thanaan alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Ya Allah, I cannot thank you enough. You are as you have praised yourself. Now the person's entire heart is gone towards shukr of Allah Ta'ala. But what was the initial thing that brought about this feelings of shukr? Because the action started off with dua. So dua is such an effective thing in cleaning our hearts out of the kabbur. Then the person before that action is making dua. Ya Allah, only you can make this happen. Ya Allah, I'm dependent entirely on you. So now the person who's turned his heart and mind towards Allah Ta'ala before that action... Inshallah, that action will stay free from riyah also. Because right at the outset, the person has turned his mind, Ya Allah, I can't do anything. Ya Allah, you will make it happen. I can't even cook this pot of food. I might have done it a hundred times, but the hundred and one time I can't do it without your help. Ya Allah, you make it happen. Ya Allah, I can't do anything without you assisting me. So now that the person is making dua beforehand, Inshallah, that action will stay free of riyah also. There won't be takabur in it also. So this dua has become a remedy for pride. This dua has become a remedy for riya. These are major atom bombs within us that explode our amal, that destroy our good deeds, that just render everything null and void. And dua is a safeguard now. That a person is sincerely from the heart making dua, the pride is going away. Making dua, the riya is getting taken care of. The person is sincerely making dua and is becoming a remedy for malice. How will dua become a remedy for malice? It will become a remedy for jealousy. How? Malice, jealousy, these are again poisons. These are cancers of the heart. In regards to jealousy, Nabi Islam says, Al-hasadu ya'kulul hasanat kama ta'kulun narul hatab. That hasad consumes and destroys a person's good deeds just as fire consumes wood. Destroys it. Malice, malice also consumes. Al-hasad wal-baghda, these are haliqa. These are things that completely shave off a person's deen. Now such serious things, such major things. Harboring that ill feeling for the next person in our heart harboring that malice, this person is like this and that person is like that. And now what is the ilaj? That that person we are feeling jealous over. Why is this person getting all these things? And why is this person having all these benefits? And why is Allah Ta'ala giving this person this and that and the other? Who are we to object against Allah Ta'ala? Are we, na'uzubillah, do we have any authority of Allah Ta'ala? 
that we are questioning Allah Ta'ala. But now shaitan, this is shaitan's job. Shaitan will whisper this. Shaitan will try to divert a person. So how do we make ilaj of it? That make earnest dua for that person. Ya Allah, this person, you give, have given him this ni'mat. Ya Allah, you give him more of it. Ya Allah, double it. Give him ten times more. Ya Allah, you safeguard it, protect it. Because jealousy now is demanding that, or is wanting us from inside to feel that I hope this thing goes away. I hope this thing is lost. I hope this person doesn't have this. I hope this person is, this, this ni'mat gets stolen from this person. Whatever else. Now when a person is making dua, Ya Allah, you give him even more. Increase this ability you have blessed this person with. Grant this person even greater respect and honor. Now all that feelings of hasad can't remain when a person is sincerely and earnestly and repeatedly making these duas for somebody. Person is feeling this feeling of malice in his heart for someone. Now he's making dua, earnestly dua. Ya Allah, you protect this person. You safeguard this person from all evil, all harm. You give this person barakat in his life, in his wealth, barakat in his iman, and protect his iman, protect his amal, protect his family, give him all the good of this dunya and the good of the hereafter. Grant him death on iman, give him the highest stages in jannat. When we repeatedly making dua for somebody in this way, how can that malice remain? That malice cannot remain with this dua. So that ill feeling, that hurt, that malice, all that will get cleaned out, will get washed out with this dua. And this is what is required, that we have to keep scrubbing this heart. We scrub and polish everything else. Our homes must be speak and span. Everything polished and shined. It must be able to see our face in everything. And our clothes must be shining, especially if you're going for some function. Then everything must be to the T. It must be 100% shining and spanking new. And our shoes, we must be able to see the reflection of our face in our shoes. And as I keep remembering this example, that once I stop somewhere to fill up at one garage, and just alongside one another car, sports car, very shiny car stopped, then the person, while they were filling up petrol for him also, he jumped out of the car with a cloth, and then he started shining the magrams. Now it was as it is looking very neat and clean, but because he drove from somewhere and came, so some dust my new dust might have settled on it. So now he jumped out of the car while refueling and he is shining the magrams with his cloth. I suppose after the next stop, another five kilometers down the road, he might have stopped for something else. Maybe he jumped out again to shine the magrams first. So this is how vain people can become and how futile our efforts become. So now we want to shine everything from outside. Everything must be speak and span. Everything must be looking very good and very new. How much care do we take to shine our hearts? That I must have no ill feeling for anybody. I must have no malice for anyone. I must be completely, my heart must be pure. It must be clean. Whatever somebody else's business, their issue is between them and Allah Ta'ala. My issue is between me and Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is looking at my heart. إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَىٰ إِلَىٰ سُوَرِكُمْ وَلَىٰ كِي يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Nabi Islam says, Allah Ta'ala does not look at your outer selves. In other words, who is tall and who is short, and who is handsome and who is ugly and who is beautiful and who is not beautiful, and who is what complexion, and who is black and who is white. Allah Ta'ala does not look at these outward characteristics. This doesn't change anybody's reality. 
Allah Ta'ala looks at what is in the heart. What is a person's heart? Whose heart is shining more? Whose heart has that cleanliness? This is what Allah Ta'ala is looking at. And Allah Ta'ala focuses on this. And this is what we need to now ascertain that how much have I shined my heart? And one of the polishes of this heart and the thing that will shine this heart and the magrams of this heart is the dua. That we keep making dua. Dua will shine the heart, the takabur out of the heart. Inshallah. Dua will take the riyah out of the heart. Sincere, earnest dua from the depths of our heart. And as we explained that one is the formal dua. That too we should do. We should dedicate some time daily. Just even five minutes for a start. Just some time daily dedicated for dua. And initially a person decides some duas for the sake of barakat. Even though we may not understand the meaning, the duas of the Quran Sharif, the duas of the Hadith Sharif. And if you can learn the meaning of some of these duas, very good, all the better. We start off with that. And we bring the barakat and the nur of these duas into our dua. Then in our language, in our words, and Alhamdulillah, Hazrat Rahmatullah his duas, what can we say? He taught us dua, he taught the Ummah of South Africa especially, among others as well, but he was one of those personalities who taught dua, by making dua. And those duas are published as well, we learn from there how to make dua. So, this is it, that earnestly from the heart, one is that formal dua, then while walking, while we going from point to point, we busy with our work, we are just sitting, we are just re- uh, trying to sleep, trying to fall asleep, engage the heart in some dua, fill the day with dua, talk to Allah Ta'ala from the depth of the heart, and now this is polishing the heart, that pride, that riya, that malice, that jealousy, and all these other cancers of this nature, a very effective polish from all this is, the aspect of dua. And when people make dua with this earnestness, Allah Ta'ala then grants it to them as well. And so many incidents there are of how these duas have been granted. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, his dua was, Allahumma rzukni shahadatan fi sabilik, waj'al mawti bi baladi habibik. Ya Allah, grant me shahadat in your path and make my death in the city of your Habib sallallahu alayhi wa Outwardly, these two things were very difficult to join. Shahadat in Medina Sharif, Medina Sharif was already conquered and the Muslims are living there. Hazrat Umar is Amiru Mu'mineen. And now Shahadat will be on the Medan, in the battlefield out far away from Medina Munawwara. Now how is these two things going to happen side by side? But Allah Ta'ala granted him Shahadat in Medina Munawwara on the Musalla of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Dua needs to be made with firmness, with earnestness. And Allah Ta'ala will answer it. Allah Ta'ala will answer it. Certainly that dua is certainly answered. Sometimes exactly what a person has asked for, one gets. Sometimes one gets something better in a different form. One has asked for something, one has got something else. Though we don't necessarily link it up. That I asked for this, we don't know that what we got was actually as a result of the dua. We are asking for A and we got maybe Z. But that Z was as a result of asking for A. So, that dua comes sometimes in that form. Sometimes it is that what we asked for wasn't granted. But a major calamity was removed instead. For example, somebody comes to 
uh, we go to somebody to ask him, please give me 100 rands. So now we are asking for 100 rands. The person didn't give us 100 rand, but he gave us one little maybe medicine or something. I said, drink this. Now the person had cancer. The person had some other heart ailment. Now the person drank that medicine and the cancer went away. The person drank that medicine and the heart problem went away. Now is he going to be grieved that this person, I asked him for 100 rand, he didn't give me 100 rand. Or that person gave you medicine which took the cancer away. So sometimes we ask for 100 rands from Allah Ta'ala, but Allah Ta'ala takes away major calamities from us in place of that. So it comes sometimes answered in that way. And sometimes that is stored. A person now, we asked him for 100 rands. He didn't give us the 100 rands. He took it and put it in an investment. And that investment is such that every day that thing gives 100 rand profit. 100 rand invested, every day 1000 rand profit. Now after 20 days, 30 days, the person brought 30,000 rand. He said, now you know that 100 rand you asked me for, I didn't give you the 100 rand that time, but I invested it for you. Every day it was getting 1000 rand profit. So now there's a 30,000 rands after one month. So now we'll tell that person that before that also I asked you for 100 rands, why you didn't invest that for me also? Why you gave me that one? You only invested this 100 rand. If you invested that other 100 rand also, I would have had 60,000 now. Exactly the situation will happen on the day of Qiyamah. That many du'as of a person, which a person asked in this world, but Allah Ta'ala didn't give it exactly in this world. Allah Ta'ala stored it in the Akhirat. At that time a person, when he will see the rewards, he will say, I wish none of my du'as were answered in the world. Everything was stored for me in the Akhirat. So that dua is never gone to waste. That dua will certainly bring good for us in every way. And it will come sometimes in this dunya. Sometimes it will be better for us to get it in the akhirat. But we keep asking from Allah Ta'ala. And the least is that we are immediately building our contact and connection with Allah Ta'ala. We have found, figuratively speaking, Allah Ta'ala is free from all form and shape. Figuratively speaking, the shoulder to cry on. We talk to Allah Ta'ala. People sometimes have a problem, forget talking to others which is permissible, they start talking haram. They start talking haram because we forgot we didn't learn how to talk to Allah Ta'ala. So let us start developing this habit of dua, young and old, all of us, start developing and make dua for ourselves, dua for our families, dua for our colleagues, for our friends, for our relatives, dua for the entire ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. No day should go past without us remembering the Ummah of Rasulullah in our du'as. So, let us make a habit of this, make a practice of this, and inshallah we'll see what benefit this will bring. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me also the tawfiq, and give all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. May Allah ta'ala grant us the ability to uh, practice on all these lessons and pass them on to others as well. That is also part of our responsibility that we learn, we practice, and we pass the message on to others. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. Rabbana ghalamna anfusana wa illam taghfillana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العزو الأكرم 